0: Well, we finished our study through 1 John, and, uh, and as, we, as we finished it up, there was a verse in 1 John that says that uh, we have confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and we know if He hears us, we have the petition that we ask of Him. And, and so, uh, as, as I was studying and preparing for those messages, God began to work in my heart a ser- this series of messages we're starting today on, uh, on prayer. And'm I'm, I'm excited about how God is going to use this in our lives. I pray that we will grow in uh, in our prayer lives to uh, to honor the Lord and to and to see how desperately we need Him. You know if uh, I was thinking. I was thinking uh, this this past week. I I like to I like when Mackenzie goes to Costco and and uh, she'll buy a bag of frozen berries, and I, I, I like especially when it's just all cherries. And uh, she'll get those and and uh, and I, and so during the week, I'll I'll pull that bag out and I'll pour a bunch of them in the blender, and uh, and usually I just I just add some water to it and 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 uh, blend that all up and and make myself a little very simple smoothie. And and I love that, and it's so good. But what if what if I got that blender out, and I set it on the counter, and I poured the cherries in there, and uh, and push the button, and and it, nothing happened. I, I could I could just give up on having my smoothie that that day, or I could I could say I could say it's probably the cherries. Uh, I, could, I, could, I could begin blaming it on the blender. The blender's broken. The blender doesn't work. Well, the problem was not the blender. The problem was the operator because I didn't make sure it was plugged in. And, and, but if I, take that, if I take the plug and I plug it into the outlet where, there, where there's power, and then I push the button, and it's going to come on. And it's going to blend it up, and it's going to make me a nice smoothie. I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, so, um, but many times, many times I've found in our Christian lives, we we will we will uh, go throughout our, our days, we'll go throughout the, our life, our responsibilities, our duties, and and we're not experiencing victory like God wants us to. Uh, we we just preached. Uh, I just preached a few weeks ago on the victory that we can have in Christ. And and we wonder sometimes why I'm not experiencing the victory, why am I not uh, living in in the joy that God has for me? Why am I having such trouble in 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 overcoming the enemy? If we are made more than conquerors through Him that loved us, why am I not an overcomer? And it's and so we begin to we begin to to look at all the all the possibilities and and most often we begin to turn to God and say, God, why have you done this? Why have you forgotten about me? Why have you not answered my prayer? And we begin to blame God. Sometimes people will will pray for things, and when it doesn't happen immediately, they begin to doubt God, and even to the point of doubting God's existence. But you know, uh, I've, heard people, I've heard people say that, that, have not, that we're not believers in Jesus Christ. They've said that they prayed and asked God to do something and He didn't answer their prayer. So they didn't believe in God. Well, first of all, God is not obligated to answer the prayer of anybody that's not His child. But He has promised that He will hear and answer the prayers of His child. But if, you're not, if a person is not saved, God doesn't obligate Himself to hear their prayers or to answer them. The only prayer that he the only prayer that he, he promises that he will hear of a of a sinner is the prayer of repentance. And and I, I wanna I wanna encourage us, let's let's take a look at our lives and see see how often we have begun to blame God when God is not the problem. We've just not spent the time in prayer like we should. We've not plugged into the power of God through prayer we've not gotten connected to God by spending time with him we want the we want the results but we don't want to spend the time that it takes to get the power from God so as we as we look at this this series of messages on prayer i want to encourage you to get plugged in get plugged into the power until you until you take the time that uh, that that you need and and I, I'm I'm sure that it's going to be uh, that that the more you pray, the more you're going to you're going to see that that you need more than just two or three minutes a day. You're gonna you're gonna find that in your Christian life, you're gonna need you're gonna need a lot of time in prayer. I believe that's why the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. We need to be in a, in a spirit of prayer constantly and all the time communing with our Savior, uh, communicating with God on a very personal level. But we need those times when, when we just get alone with God, away from everything and close off all the, all the distractions and just get on our knees and pray and talk to God. Prayer at its very basic level is just communication with God. It's just talking to God. And I want, to encourage you, I want to encourage you to pray uh, and to spend time in prayer. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. It's one of the Old Testament prophets. And, and, uh, and if, you, if you open your Bible to, to about where the middle is, you'll probably be somewhere around Psalms. And uh, so if you go from Psalms and ke- keep uh, turning, uh, you'll, go through, you'll find uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and then Isaiah. Isaiah is, was one of the one of the uh, prophets there that uh, that you, God used in a mighty way to preach uh, to preach righteousness and call people to repentance. But right after Isaiah is the is the, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he he would preach he would preach to, to Israel as they were uh, as they were about to be carried away into captivity. He warned them about the judgment that was going to come because of their rebellion against God, their idolatry and their disloyalty to God. And, and he would warn them and he would preach and, and they would disregard him. And, and in fact, whenever he began saying, the, enemy, the Babylonians are going to come in and they're going to carry us away captive, uh, they, they began saying, Jeremiah, you're a traitor against your nation. And they had him locked up. And and at, at this point, at this point in uh, in Jeremiah's ministry, the people have been carried away captive, and they and they said, "You said this was going to happen. This is your fault. You told God to do this." And they began blaming Jeremiah, and so they locked him up again. And from that captivity, God speaks to Jeremiah, and that's where we find him here in Jeremiah chapter thirty-three. Jeremiah 33, the Bible says, and, well, I'm not at chapter 33. I better turn over there if I'm going to read it to us. It says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the, uh, the, the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the time that we've had already today, just turning our attention to you and recognizing all that you've done. And Lord, I'm thankful for your word and the truths, the promises, and and and, and the, the, the power that we find there. Help us each day to spend time in your word. And help us to spend time in prayer. Getting connected to you. Plugging in to the power of God. Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me. And help the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. Help Help this message to challenge us. And Lord, help help us to receive Your Word for to to change us, uh, to be more uh, like You, and to be more effective in our in our Christian lives, for all, Father. For all that You do, we'll thank You and praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ian e. Bounds uh, was a, a a preacher of old, and and he he wrote uh, several books about prayer. And one of the one of the statements he made about prayer, he Ian e. Bounds said, "Prayer is the contact of a living soul." with God that's that's simply what it is it is the contact of a living soul with God it's a conversation with God and you and I you and I need to have a conversation with God we need to have conversations with him if we're going to get close to God we need to talk to him we need to we need to uh, talk to him about the things on our heart we need to talk to him about the things that are important to him we need to spend time in prayer as uh Years ago, as I when I met Mackenzie, and as we were as we were growing in our, our relationship and, and getting to know each other more and more, uh, that that required a lot of time uh, talking and we would talk on the phone and she was up in Oregon and I was all the way across the country in Georgia and and we'd talk on the phone and and her brother her brother would always try to to save some money on uh, on uh, long distance phone calls by trying uh, internet calls and and back then those didn't work and it was frustrating we'd spend an hour and get to say hey you know, and that was about it, and uh, and uh, so we 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 talk on the phone and pay the long distance bills, and or or we would we would fax letters back and forth to each other, and and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we'd spend all this time talking and and reading each other's uh, uh, communication and and just getting to know each other. And it happened because we spent that time with each other. And. Many of you, I've I've had the privilege of getting to know and spending some time. Yesterday, we we went over to to Chino to uh, uh, to the, the ballpark over there and just had a great time, a picnic and and a softball game. Grace uh, Grace Baptist Church over in Corona uh, met us over there and we just had a wonderful time together and just hanging out. Talking, getting to know each other a little better and strengthening those relationships. And I want to encourage you to, to be involved in those kinds of things. Get, to, get connected and, and, uh, and uh, strengthened in, in the relationship with your church family. But the most important relationship that you and I have is our relationship with God. How do we get to know Him? How are we going to grow in our relationship with Him? How are we going to grow in our fellowship with Him and our faith in Him? It's going to come by spending much time in His Word. Hearing what he has to say to us, and is going to come as we talk to him. George Mueller was a was a, a preacher uh, over in um, over in Europe, and uh, he, he was uh, he got a burden. He got a burden for all of the the homeless uh, boys and girls, the orphans that were running the streets, and and uh, and so he began to he began to pray for them, and and as God. Uh, as God worked in George Mueller's heart, uh, God led him to open up an orphanage for these for these children and through the through his years of service he he housed and fed and and uh, and took care of and trained oh, uh, the, the numbers are are over ten thousand orphans and had influence in their lives. but uh, and through all of that, George never sent one letter out to ask people for money. He never he never went to uh, to churches and asked them to ask them to to donate uh, goods to uh, to the the orphanages. He just he just got on his knees and prayed. And every day when he would get down to pray, he would open up his Bible and he would and he'd read it. And as he would read his Bible, he would he would turn God's word into prayer. And one day he came across a, a, a verse that said that the Lord is the father of the fatherless. And when he read that, it just it, it stood out to him and, and he, he, said, he said, Lord, I don't need to worry about feeding these children because you are a father to the fatherless. Your word says that you're a father to the fatherless, and the father takes care of his own. So, Father, these are your children, and I'm just coming to you to ask you to provide for them today. And that was his trust. That was his dependence upon God. That that was his faith in God. And and as he trusted God in that way, uh, the Bible uh, uh, the the Bible's promises uh, for for God's provision, George saw God answer prayer after prayer after prayer. God, uh, God worked in his heart and helped him to see that the promises of God are true, that they are right and God keeps His word. And so, and so George Mueller would read the promises of God and he would turn it around to God in prayer. See, uh, we, we have such a need to pray, but so often we don't. For the Christian life, prayer is not really optional. It is needful. We need to pray. We look around at the world around us and we see we see the sin, the degradation. We see the destruction that take that takes place in the lives of, of men, women, boys, and girls because uh, they're giving in to sin. And we look at churches that are supposed to be preaching the Word of God and preaching the truth that will set people free. And we see that these churches are not preaching truth, but they're preaching something to make people feel good. The Bible says that they're heaping to this, themselves teachers having itching ears. They're, their ears are itching and, and they want somebody to come and scratch their ears and make them feel good. But we're not called to make people feel good. We're called to preach the truth of God's Word because it's truth that will set us free. There was, a, there was a prophet uh, there in the Old Testament, a prophet in Israel that was called to preach uh, and to, to give, give the word of the, uh, of the Lord to the king. And, and as he came into the king's presence, some of the other prophets came around and said, now this is what we've told him. And so you make sure that you say the same thing because that's what the king wants to hear. The king wants to hear that he's going to have victory. The king wants to hear that everything's going to be just fine. So Micaiah went in and stood before King Ahab, and he said, Oh, king, help yourself. You go into this battle, and you're going to win, of course. But the way he said it, it must have been sarcastic or something because the king could tell right away that he was not speaking the word of the Lord. And He said, How many times have I told you that to, you only speak to me in the word of the Lord? He said, All right. You're going to go out there into battle, and you're going to die. Your blood is going to be shed out there, and you're you're not going to come back alive. And the king said, didn't I tell you that all he wants to speak against me is evil? Lock him up in prison and feed him with with water and bread of affliction until I come back in peace. And Micaiah said, "If if you do come back in peace, then you know that I haven't spoken the word of the Lord. Many times people are like King Ahab. They don't want to hear the truth of God's word. Jeremiah had preached the truth from God and had communicated God's truth to the people, but they didn't like what they heard, and so they locked him up in prison. People don't like to hear truth. They turn their ears away from truth, and they want to turn truth into into a lie, and they want to believe something that makes them feel good. That's why, that's why when we speak the truth, even when we speak the truth in love, there are those in our world around us that will say that we hate them. We don't hate people. We love them enough to speak the truth. The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We want to speak truth. And we want to tell them the truth. We want to tell uh, this world that, that there is a Savior who will, re- who will redeem them and save them from their sins so they no longer have to carry a- around the load of sin. They don't have to go around and uh, go through life uh, wondering what's going to happen if I die. They can know of certain- with certainty that when they die, they're going to go to heaven. They can know this. But they don't want to hear it. So what do we do when churches are not preaching truth? When Christians are not standing for truth and living truth? When sin is running rampant? When there are needs all around us? What do we do? We pray. See, prayer is needful. And the more you pray, the more you'll see that prayer is necessary. But sadly, too often prayer is neglected. We don't pray like we ought to. Years ago, there was a, a meeting of, of pastors, and, and the moderator of the meeting got up, and he, he said, He said, Men, we know how needful it is for us to pray. He said, I wonder how many of us can be honest and raise our hand and say that we spend a half an hour in prayer every day. And out of that large gathering of pastors, one man raised his hand. And he said, how many of us would be honest and say that we spend five minutes in prayer a day? And almost half raised their hand. After the meeting was over, one man came up to the to the moderator of the that meeting and he said, he said, I have to be honest, there are some days when I don't pray.
1: That's a sad testimony. We need to pray. It's necessary to pray. But so often,
0: we go through our life without God's power because we're not plugged in. I wonder, child of God, how much time have you spent in prayer this week? If you were to to add it all together, And I'm not not just talking about, you know, how many times you prayed for your food and thanked God for your food. I'm not talking about, you know, the times when something happened and and you used God's name, probably not really in praying, but you said, oh God. I'm talking about how many times have you, on purpose, gotten with God to pray, to meet with
1: Him. To commune with him. How much time have you spent in prayer? Are we beginning to see why we're
0: struggling so much in our lives? See, prayer is so powerful. God tells us right here in Jeremiah 33. He says, call unto me. And I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In Matthew chapter 26, the Bible tells us Jesus came to his disciples and found them asleep. This is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus said to Peter, "What could you not watch with me one hour?" In this moment of Jesus' agony, in this time when he was when he was uh, when he was suffering more than he had so far, when he needed his disciples to be there, to encourage him, and to pray with him, they were asleep. How often are we in this, in this dark uh, spiritual day, how often are we just asleep spiritually? We need to wake up. Jesus said to his disciples, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you have, we have... We have our body, which is our flesh. We have our soul. That is, that is your innermost being. That's the eternal part of you. That's, that's who you really are. And then there's, there's the spirit. That's the spiritual side of us. That's the, that's the part that, is, uh, that, uh, we, that comes alive the moment we get, uh, we get saved. But the, the, the soul, that's our mind, will, and emotions. That's who you really are on the inside. And and God, God wants communication with you, He wants to talk with you, and and we, we need to spend time with God. The, the Bible says the Spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. But the soul is the decision-making side of us. Who are we going to give into? We're going to give in to the Spirit of God, and, and that's going to lead us to spend time in prayer? Or are we going to give in to the flesh? See the flesh will give you every every excuse not to pray the devil will begin to give you uh, to give you reasons why you don't have time to do that right now the world will will say well, you need to do this and you've got to do this and and begin to to begin begin to shape your your schedule for you if you're not careful but the, the word of God says we need to pray. I think of Mary and Martha, uh, the the sisters of Lazarus, and and they were hosting Jesus in their home. And Martha was cumbered about much with much serving. The Bible says, and she was just uh, she was trying to get everything just perfect for Jesus, and and working so hard and trying to get everything just right. And meanwhile, Jesus is sitting in the in the the. I guess the great room, whatever, the, the living room or whatever in there in the house. And as he's sitting, speaking and everything, there's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, listening. Taking time with Jesus, just sitting there, listening to what Jesus has to say. Martha comes in and says, Lord, don't you care? Don't you see that I'm all busy here? I'm frazzled. I'm working my fingers to the bone. I'm trying to get everything just right. And she's just sitting there. Jesus said, Martha,
1: you're so busy. Mary's chosen the the good part, which is not going to be taken away from her.
0: That's not going to be taken away. This is the better part. This is the best part. We need, hey, it's, it's it's good to be busy. It's good to be working. It's good to be laboring. We need to labor. We need to serve. We need to be working hard. But let's not neglect our time with Jesus. Because it's that time with Jesus that enables us to be more effective when we're doing the working. See, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works and He, he works through us and He makes our work more effective. I want to share just, I've got several things here I want to share with you this morning uh, concerning prayer and I want to work through it quickly and, and I, I hope and pray that we'll, we'll grasp the truth of this but I, I'm hoping that, that, what, that this message today will just kind of whet your appetite a little bit and you'll take these things and go home and study it some more and, and dive deep into these and, and spend some time in prayer. First of all, let, I, want you, I want us to see that we have access we have access to God in prayer. We don't have to we don't have to 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 go to some person and talk to some person and for them to pray for us. We have direct access to God. In the, in the Old Testament the the people would bring their their sacrifices to the temp uh, to the tabernacle or to the temple and they would give it to the priests and the Levites, and and the priests would take it and and they would kill that offering and they would offer it as a burnt sacrifice there on the altar and and then the they would uh, then they would wash there to the labor and then they could go into the into the holy place and and partake of the the uh, the showbread or uh, burn the candles there the, the seven uh, seven golden candlesticks and they could al- offer incense there on the altar and that's as far as the as the priest could go but one time a year the man who held the position as high priest one time a year he could go into the holy of holies that place that represented the presence of God, the place where God dwelt and one time a year the high priest could go into that holy of holies and take the blood of the atoning lamb and, and put it there on the on the mercy seat there in the holy of holies but uh, but that was he was limited to one time a year. That holy of holies was separated from the holy place by a veil that hung uh, there uh, in, the, in the tabernacle or the temple later on uh, when it was built. And uh, the Bible tells us, though, when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus yielded up the, the ghost, when he bowed his head and said, and said, "Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit." And he yielded up the ghost, uh, the Bible tells us that the, the Bible tells us that the veil in the temple rent from top to bottom. God said, no longer am I just going to allow the high priest to come in to my presence one time a year. He said, but anybody, everybody can come in. You have bo- You have access to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith. Since you and I have been, ju- if, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you've been justified by faith. You've been declared righteous by God because of your faith. It's not that you have made yourself righteous, but God says, hey, you're righteous. God has declared you to be righteous when you put your faith in Jesus. So, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, notice this, verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Oh, we, we're so excited to, and we rejoice because we have hope. And Bible hope is not, is not like worldly hope. Worldly hope is just like a strong wish. I told somebody one time, I said, I, 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 wish, I, I wish I had this, you know, whatever it was. And they said, they said, spit in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. Uh, I, I don't know about that, but, uh, but that's, that's basically what worldly hope is all about. It's like a strong wish. But Bible hope, it's not a wish. It's the anticipation of the fulfillment of God's promise. And, and we have, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we anticipate the fulfillment of God's promise that one day we will be in, uh, in the physical presence of God for all eternity. There uh, in the, uh, basking in the glory of God. But right now we have access into His presence through faith, by grace, uh, we can access, access the, His presence. We can go into His presence and we can talk to Him. We can pray to Him. We can, talk, we, we can spend time with Him. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, seeing then that we have a, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Notice this. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because Jesus Christ... Uh, offered himself as a sacrifice because he was the sinless, spotless lamb of God because he shed his blood there on the cross and he took that blood and put it on the mercy seat in heaven uh, as our great high priest. Uh, that veil in the temple has been rent and you and I pr- have been made priests unto God and we can go in not only into the holy place but we can march boldly into the holy of holies and we can go right up to the throne of God and we can bow before him and we can bring our petition and we can talk to God but we don't have to talk to him like uh, like some far off deity we can get right up close and talk to him like daddy because that's who he is the Bible says we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father daddy daddy we we can talk to God and ha- and have a close relationship now I don't know you might not have had a good and close relationship with your dad I thank God for my dad and the good uh, relationship that we have he called me he called me yesterday and he he had uh, the, the word finally got all the way to North carolina about the earthquakes out here and, and so my dad called and and asked about us you know making sure everybody's okay and and I spent about an hour on the phone with my dad and i, I just uh, really enjoyed that time with him I'm, I'm grateful I'm grateful that, that I have a good relationship with my dad. And that relationship, the love that he showed, helped me to, to understand a lot more of the love that God has for us and the fellowship that we can have with God. You might, not have had, you might not have had a good relationship with your dad, but to, hey, God is, still, is, is, is no less your father if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. And you can have a close walk with God. You can have a close fellowship with God. And and you can see that He is a dad like no other. You have access to God through prayer. So go to Him. Talk to Him. Not only do we have access, but secondly, we're invited. He wants us to come to Him. Our text says, call unto me. God says, hey, call out to me. Come talk to me. Speak to me. He said, and I will answer thee. He's not going to ignore you. He's not going to be too busy to hear from you. God is, is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And one of those things that he's able to do is he's able to listen to every one of us at the same time. And understand the conversations. And do something about it all at the same time. Isn't that incredible? That's the kind of God we serve. Hey, and we're invited to come to him. I we we could we could travel across the country and go to go to Washington DC and and go to Pennsylvania Avenue and uh, walk up there to uh, to uh, the White House and I've heard they they've got the tours going to the White House again and you might you might uh, get scheduled for a tour there of the White House and begin going through uh, that uh, that beautiful beautiful building and and uh, and a part of the way through you might say you know what I want to go to the oval office and talk to the president you might turn around, you might just start walking to whatever, whatever direction it is to go to the Oval Office. But after a while, you're going to find somebody that says, nope, you can't come this way. Uh, can I help you find your way? You need to be back over there. You, know, you can't go. Because we don't necessarily have access just to anywhere we want to go. Just because, just because you are an American doesn't mean that you can automatically just show up at the White House and go and have coffee with the president, right? You don't have that access. Mostly security reasons and, you know,
1: whatever. But we have access to God.
0: You can go to Him anytime. You can can begin to talk to Him and you're going to find the line's not busy. He's available. You have access and you're invited. He wants you to come. Now, if you went to the White House and you had an invitation from the president, they'd escort you right in. But we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait, you know, till a special day. You know, you don't have to wait till Sunday to come and talk to God. You can talk to him all the time because he wants fellowship with you. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. Thirdly, we, uh, just think of all the, think of the possibility. The possibility of prayer. If we have God that loves us so much, He's given us access to Himself, He wants to hear from us, He's invited us to pray. Hmm. What what are the possibilities here? All kinds of things are possible. The Bible says in Romans 8, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Now that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you know uh, well God I'd I'd like I'd like to have a I'd like to have a big a big pile of money <clears throat> No, God's not a genie and, and he's he's not Santa Claus we don't make out our, our 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 Christmas list and and send it to him you know and tell him this is what I want you know and, and all of a sudden boom it's there but we do have promises from God. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. See, when we're praying according to His will, He's hearing our prayers. And when we're praying according to His will, He's going to give us those things that we ask Him. Jesus uh, said to to the people in Mark chapter 10, He said, With man uh, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are are possible all things are possible with god what what do you think we could see god do if we just got serious about this thing of prayer realize we have access to god we're invited to pray and, and we came to god just to see what the possibility might be and we ask him something and i be, i believe that it's i believe that it would honor god for, for there to be peace and unity in, in the church. And I thank God for the peace and unity that there is. I, if, I, believe, it, I believe it honors God when God's people are, are busy and active uh, in, in ministering and reaching people with the gospel. I believe it honors the Lord. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth labors into His harvest. You know, I... I've I've heard great stories of, of God's provision and God's uh, God's answering prayer and, and I've I've seen God answer prayers in my own life and and uh, and I'll just be honest this this week McKenzie and I we were we were praying and, and I I told God I said God I'm I'm going to be preaching on prayer and uh, and I know you hear and answer prayer and I know I know you you answer a lot of prayers for us many of them we don't even recognize. And I say, God,
1: I, I need you to do something for me.
0: I need to see you do something. We can't live on past blessings all the time. See, we don't serve a God of the past. We serve a God who is able today to do things. And I say, God, I want to be able to go into, into this series of messages and preach and say, God answers prayer. And you know what? The next Day, God had answered my prayer. And it wasn't, it wasn't just like, help me to make it through this day without stubbing my toe. You know, it wasn't anything like that. I'm talking, it's like major prayer.
1: And God answered it the next day. That's incredible. That's amazing to see God work like that. Why don't we see God work?
0: Because we're not asking. We're not going to our Father and asking Him like we should. We're not spending that time. But what, poss- what are the possibilities? Do- uh, a preacher from years ago, Dr. John R. Rice, he used to say, he-, he used to say, I don't know this to be true. He said, but I, I imagine sometimes that, there- that there's a huge warehouse in heaven with all the blessings and answers to prayer that God never bestowed because we just didn't ask. I'd hate to think that there were things that God wanted to give us. See, he's able to give it, and many times he does bless us, but God wants us to ask him. In, in, uh, Dr., uh, or Pastor uh, Charles Spurgeon, he pastored the Metropolitan Baptist Tabernacle there in, in uh, England for many, many years back in the 1800s, and he, uh, Spurgeon said, prayer is the slender nerve that moveth the muscles of omnipotence. You ever, you ever bumped your funny bone? You don't, it's not very funny. I don't know why they call it that. Probably because it's funny to everybody else when you bump it. But, um, but it's, just that, it's very sensitive. little nerve, and, ooh, gets you, gets you going, doesn't it? Prayer is, is, the, is a nerve, uh, Spurgeon said, that moves the muscles of omnipotence when we pray god gets to working god gets to working he said call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not the possibility of prayer there's so many things that god will do and god wants to do now he's not necessarily going to going to give you a uh, give you a bentley or or uh, something like that. He's not necessarily going to give you, the, uh, give you, the, you know, a, a big house or, or whatever. I mean, he might if he sees that that's, if that's according to his will and his plan for your life. But he's not necessarily going to do those things. But what He is going to do is He is going to help you to grow and help situations in your life be uh, used for His honor and glory. He is going to help you to be strengthened in your Christian life so that you can be a better witness to somebody. He is going to help you to grow in your sensitivity to, to others' needs for you to share the gospel with them. He is going to help you be effective in, in reaching people with the gospel and, and uh and being effective in, in fulfilling His calling on our lives to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He said, all these other things, He said, I'll add unto you. I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your clothes. I'll take care of you. We'll just trust Him. I've, I've heard testimonies of, of people, uh, ministries, that needed, that needed an, a, a certain uh, amount to pay the bills. And as they began praying, they began praying for that, you know, they began praying for the exact amount, I mean, down to the penny, and it was some odd uh, amount, like something, you know, several thousand dollars, and, you know, several hundred dollars, and then, you know, like 27 cents or something. And And they needed it, they needed it in a week's time. And with, over the course of that week, God began to send money in, and when they added it all up to the penny, it was exactly what they needed. I've told you the stories of, uh, from our own life when when uh, I was assistant pastor up in Astoria, Oregon, and was I was making probably altogether about five or six hundred dollars a month, and had to pay rent and had to had to you know uh, pay uh, the utilities and and uh, all those kinds of things. And and Mackenzie was expecting Levi, and uh, and we were we didn't have insurance, so all of it was coming out of pocket, and. And I'd paid my bills already that month. I'd already been paid, and we'd paid all our bills, and, and we were trying to save up and, uh, enough to pay uh, for the birth. But uh, a few weeks before the, the birth, uh, the office manager came in and said, when you come next week, I need, to, I need you to pay the full bill, all, you pay everything for the birth and all of that. And I was like, Ew. And we're talking, I needed, I needed over $1,000, and I had no human means of, of getting that because I'd already been paid and I only made like 600 a month. So we made the drive from the Portland area back up to Astoria, Oregon and got uh, walked into the kitchen and Mackenzie said, Mackenzie said, Philip, what are we going to do? And I said, the only thing we know to do, And we got on our knees and we began to pray and said, God, you've called us up here. We're doing what you have called us to do. We don't have this money, so but you know, we need it. So, you know, we want to give you this bill. We believe it's yours and ask you to pay for it. And and uh, got up off of, off of our knees and, and uh, went out to the mailbox. And there in the mailbox was a, was a check for, I think, it, I think it was like 700 or $800, something like that. And over the next few days, everything else that we needed and more came in. And we had, not, we had not told anybody. Hey, and in order for that check to be there, God had to put it on somebody's heart to send that check before we even, needed, we knew, uh, before we even knew that we needed it. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, how God works, the possibility of prayer. Hey, but what about the promise of prayer? Look at number four, the promise of prayer. He says, call unto me and I, what's the next word there, church? Will. He said, call unto me and I what? Will. I will answer thee. Call unto me and I will answer thee. God says, I'm gonna answer your prayers. Now He doesn't always answer with yes. Sometimes He says no. Like, you know, God, will you please will you please help me to help me to uh, to, you know, we 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 all went and played some softball yesterday, so now we now some of us feel like you know we're we're major league, and so you know we, we began praying. God help help me to go and and uh, be able to be on the starting lineup for the Dodgers. No. But please, no. <laughs> That's not in His plan for me. You know, it's it's not what God has for me, so I'm not going to ask it. But if I did, no. Sometimes it may it may be something that God does have in His plan for me, but it might not be right now. And so God might say, wait a bit. But sometimes there are those things that we pray, like what I prayed this past week, and God answered the prayer right away. He said, yes. God does answer our prayers. And as He answers our prayers, He shows us great and mighty things which we know not. Many times... Many times I've been thankful for God not answering the prayers that I thought that he wanted to answer my way, right? I've been thankful years down the road. I look back and I've said, thank you, God, for not answering the prayer the way that I prayed it. Thank you for your wisdom and working things out according to your will and not according to mine. How many times has God not given you what you asked for and, you, and later on you look back and you say, thank you. See, God answers our prayers it might not always be the way we want but you'll see he's gotten great and mighty things that you don't know about that he's working and that is his promise that is His promise. The Bible says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It's not, it's not for us to, to sit around and question God and ask God why. In the book of Job, uh, Job says, uh, If I were to stand before the Almighty, I would, I would ask Him this and that. You know, No, no, no. We're not going to ask God. We're not going to question God.
1: We need to trust Him.
0: His promises, his promises. He, he said, He said, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? I mean, if your son is hungry and he wants a snack, are you going to say, Here, have a rock? <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. I mean, it might keep them busy, but it's not going to get it's not going to get them fed. It might hurt their teeth. We're not going to give them a rock. He said. He, he said. Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I can I have some fish? Here, have a snake. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do damage to our children. If he asks an egg, will he get offer him a scorpion? No, God knows we're not going to do that kind of stuff. Notice this, he says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How much more is God going to give through the Holy Spirit, uh, give the Holy Spirit and give through the Holy Spirit the things that that we need? Our Heavenly Father is so good. He's so wise. He gives us what we need and He takes good care of us when we ask Him. So why are our prayers... We we see the promise there. He He said, ask and it shall be given. So why are we not seeing answers to prayer? Why does it seem that our prayers are powerless? That's number five. Why are our prayers powerless? Why does it seem like, like there, there's no answer to prayer? Why does it seem like there's no, uh, no uh, times when God is, is showing himself strong? We read in the Old Testament of God sending uh, sending manna from heaven to to feed the, the the children of Israel as they went through the the wilderness there for forty years. He fed them with manna from heaven. He sent in quail so uh, so that uh, it was so deep that it was up to their knees, as far as the eye could see. All that the bunch that's a lot of quail. And. And God sent fire from heaven for Elijah. When Elijah prayed, God sent fire from heaven to prove that he existed. God uh, protected the, the three, uh, three Hebrew men as they, as they were put into the fiery furnace. God sent his angel to stop the mouth of the lions when Daniel, God's faithful uh, messenger, was, was thrown into the den of lions for, for his faithfulness to God. Why are we not seeing God doing these kinds of things in our day? Well, it may be because we're not praying. We're not spending the time with God like we ought to. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter 6, He called into him, uh, him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two. Notice this. And gave them power over unclean spirits. He's, he begins to send out His twelve disciples and and as he's sending them out to preach in the cities around, he gives them power over unclean spirits. And then off he goes to minister and to preach and to, in different areas. And and uh, then he comes back to where they're at in in, in Mark chapter nine. And uh, and he finds he finds them, uh, th- these people all gathered around. And and as he comes walking up, this father walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus. Will you deliver my son from this evil spirit? At times he throws him into the water. At times he throws him into the fire. He said, and he's, and, and this devil has just about killed my son. I've asked. He said, I brought him to your disciples to, so that they could cast the devil out. But they could not. It's kind of strange, isn't it? In chapter 6, Jesus gives them power over unclean spirits. But in chapter 9, they don't have power over unclean spirits. What happened? Maybe they went into the first city and cast out an unclean spirit. And began feeling like, look what I can do.
1: Look what I can do.
0: So they weren't spending the time with God. They weren't praying like they should have. So what does Jesus say? He said, this kind cometh not, but by prayer. And fasting. What what is what is this prayer and fasting? Sometimes, sometimes our prayers, our prayers are so self-centered, sometimes our prayers are so self-focused that God that God encourages us in His Word to step it up a bit with fasting. So we're getting our attention off of ourselves and we're getting our attention back on God. Job said, I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I need to commune with God. I need to spend time with him. I need him and his word more than I need to eat. But so often
1: our focus is on self.
0: Our dependence is on self. And you know. When you go through a day without spending time with God in prayer, you are living just as godless as an unbeliever because you're not depending on God to help you through your day. But When we go to God and we pray, we're communicating our dependence upon Him. We're conveying our our need for God to, to, to do His work in our lives. We're getting our attention off of ourselves and our focus back on Him. When Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He ended that prayer by saying, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In His prayer, He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See we're not, to, we're not to be praying for our will to be done, but we're to pray in submission to his will, and we're to be focused on him and his glory being uh, being uh, accomplished. In James he says, "You fight in, in war yet ye have not because ye ask not, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts." And if we're, if we're praying and asking God selfishly, if our focus is on ourselves uh, and when we go to pray, God's not going God's not to hear those prayers. Because our focus is not where it should be, on the glory of God. See, uh, if we remember from the past few weeks, the, the Christian life is lived by loving God and loving others the way God loves us. It's not lived by loving ourselves. The Christian life is, is a life lived focused on God and others and, and it's not focused on ourselves. So when we come to God in prayer, we need to come to God with, with God's glory and others uh, being, uh, others good in mind. The first, time, the first prayers we see prayed in the Bible are when, when men of God were interceding for others. And the, the first one that we, that we see very clearly is when Abraham was praying for God to spare Sodom. God, if, if you find 50 righteous there, will you spare the city? God said he was going to rain down fire and brimstone on Sodom. God, would you, would you spare the city if you, find, if you find 50? Or what about 45? Or 40? Or 35? Or 30? Or 20? Or
1: God, would you spare it for 10?
0: He was interceding. He wasn't focused on himself. He was concerned for his nephew, Lot, that was there, and Lot's family. How many times do we pray for God to do something for Pasadena? To reach Pasadena with the gospel? How often do we pray for God to do some, some great work to, to help us to reach Los Angeles for the glory of God? We've, we've had these earthquakes the past few days, but when, when's the last time we've had an earth-shaking prayer experience where God did something through the prayers of God's people that the people were affected? That it shook us up for God's glory? that shook us to our very foundation of our faith, and and we we see that, that our faith is in Jesus Christ and in nothing else, so often we get so tied into our jobs or so tied into our activities, so tied into our friendships that we forget that our foundation is God and His glory is all that really matters. When's the last time that we prayed that kind of prayer? When Elijah saw God do His great work of sending fire from heaven, he said, "God, would You do this so they can know that there is a God in heaven, and that You're at work in Israel, and that we are that that I'm Your prophet." He wasn't saying it. He wasn't saying uh, for his own exaltation, but rather so they would recognize that when He's preaching, that what He's saying is according to the uh, according to the plan of God. It is the word of God. So why are we powerless? The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Iniquity is that, is when we, is that, is that pull into sin. That, that desire for sin. The Bible tells us there is pleasure in sin. And if we're giving place in our lives to allow, to allow sin to remain, God says He's not hearing our prayers. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Hey, parents, if you told your kids to go clean their room and and they came out, did you clean your room? Yes, I did. And you go in there and look and "Mm mm-mm. You know what they've done? They've regarded some things in their room out of place. They've allowed some things to be out of place in their room. They've, They've accepted it as, you know, it's okay. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as it was. It's not as bad as some rooms I've seen. Well, my stuff is is
1: more clean than my brother's stuff.
0: You can tell we've had these conversations, right? Um, I used to give the same excuses to my mom. <laughs> uh, but, but hey, what about the Christian life? God says, this needs to be cleaned up. This needs to be got now. You need to surrender that area of your life to me. Okay, God, so I'll, I'll give you that, and there, that's out. What about this? Oh, don't pay attention to that, God. We're, we're, we're tight, right? You know, hey, I'm going to go give out some tracts. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, serve in, in children's ministry. I'm going I'm to help set up. So you don't have to worry about that, God. It's no big deal. I've got that under control. How many many of us can relate, right? We accept and allow some sin. But the Bible says we do that, God's not hearing us. We we, We can't allow sin, no matter how innocent it seems, because there is no innocent sin. Sin is evil, sin is destructive, sin is dangerous. And we need to get it all out of our lives. Sin is, the Bible says, sin is a reproach to any people. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Many times we ask, but we don't ask in faith. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, Hebrews says. So what do
1: we need to do? We need to pray. How do we fix the powerlessness
0: of prayer? We pray and get it right. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do we we draw close to God? By praying, getting on our knees and spending time with him in prayer or sitting in your chair or whatever and praying. Sometimes people, people lay out on their face on the floor and pray. Sometimes people pray walking around. But however however you pray, hey, pray. Just pray. Talk to God. Spend time with Him. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What are the things in your life that you say, you say, Something's got to give, and God's the only one that can do something about it. Why don't you talk to Him about those things? Those burdens that you're carrying, the needs that you have. It might be financial, it might be a health need, uh, whatever it may be. You bring those to God and pray. Uh, the Bible tells us that Paul had, had a thorn in the flesh, the, a minister of Satan to buffet him, he said, uh, and God had allowed it to happen, but Paul came and, and prayed three times and asked God to remove it. He brought it to God and he prayed and asked God to remove it. And God said, God said, no. Remember, I said sometimes God says no. But he didn't just say, no, you're just going to have to live with it. No, that's not what he said. He said, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. Even when we have, have something difficult, even when we have something painful, even when we have something, uh, something hard to, to go through, God's, if God says, No, I'm not going to remove it, then we know He's going to give grace to help us through it. So let's come boldly to His throne of grace. He says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great. And mighty things which thou knowest not. How many of us know everything? No, we don't. But he does. We don't understand everything, but he does. So let's just trust him. Let's bring our petitions to him. Let's talk to him. Let's lay our needs out before him and say, God, this is what we need. This is what we're asking. And I just am trusting you. To work as only you can. When our family came to Pasadena. We prayed and said. God would you do a work here. Through cross point. That can only be described by saying. God did it. And when I look around the room. And I see the lives that God has changed. It can only be said. That God did it. And I want to I encourage you. To let God use you. To show others. What God can do in their lives. And let's. Let's see, let's see God do a work in us and through us that helps that helps God's name to be glorified and for all of Pasadena to, to know that there is a God in heaven and He's at work through His people.
1: And that work will be accomplished when God's people pray.
0: So let's let's pray. I don't know what, what burdens you may have, I don't know what needs you may have. There's no time like right now to bring them to God. Do you have questions? Do you you need wisdom from God? Ask Him. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. He's not going to scold you for asking. Maybe there's some sin that God has pointed out in your life, some things that that God has shown you that this isn't right. And when you you try to pray, God, God brings that up. Hey, would you, would you talk to him about it? Would you confess it as sin and forsake it? Ask for him to strengthen you and give you, give you the, the grace to, to forsake that sin? If it's a sin that easily besets you, that you find yourself falling into time and time again, maybe, maybe you might want to find a brother or sister uh, here today and, and ask, him to, ask him to hold you accountable. But talk to God about it and pray and confess that is sin. Is there an area that you're battling? Talk to God.
1: Let's not get in a hurry. You spend the time that you need with Him.